first of all, thank you for checking out and being part of my audio experience. Just want to give you guys a heads up on a new live show that I'll be doing consistently on weekdays at 11 a.m. called The Biz Check-In, where I'll be checking in with business owners, professionals, and different people. And welcome to the next episode of 360 Chat. Welcome. You're now listening to Just Bobby T. Hey, Kurt, how's it going today? Yeah, pretty fantastic today. Beautiful day. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's been nice to see that Alberta um, has been just warming up. It's about time. It's like overdue. I agree. April, uh, April dragged on a little bit. I, I agree. <laughs> I, was, I was having a, a discussion with uh, a friend just about how, just in general, yes, the last eight weeks have been such a slow period where time has, I feel, has been crawling. But boy, oh boy, with, that, with the weather and with everything going, it's just been like a slow, just a slow time, slow start. So you're right, 100%. April did drag on. <laughs> so, Kurt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm one of the founders of Blind Man Brewing, a local craft brewery down in sunny Lacombe. I started it with some partners about five years ago now, a little bit, yeah, just over five years now. Um, you know, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur, been, in, been doing a few things around, uh, around the world and stuff like that, but this is obviously kind of my biggest and, uh, and most fun uh, adventure I've been on so far. A hundred percent. So, like... Tell us, how, how, did, how, how did you start the brewery? Like, what was that process like? Uh, you know, it's like all great decisions. It, uh, it starts over a couple of beers, and then uh, you take <laughs> things a little bit too far. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, a generation ago, it would have been like, oh, we should start, we should open up a bar. And, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, we should open up a brewery. <laughs> so so um, how, many, how many other partners do you have within the brewery? Yeah, I've got... Uh, I've got Three that uh, they're you know kind of call it full time, and then uh, and then a couple silent partners as well. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And sort of in the grand scheme of things, so what, what's your sort of like day to day look like at the brewery? Uh, a little bit of everything. Like I'm, you know, you're talking with the business folks, and especially when you're uh, when you're a founder, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of do a little bit of everything. My yeah. primary role, I guess you'd say, would be uh, sales and marketing. But there's okay. there's million things that come across your desk every day and you're like okay who has to do that i, I guess i have to do that how do that a hundred percent like like i can imagine you'd have to also while problem solving and just rolling with the punches um you know handle sort of all the tasks and things that's on your plate yeah it's it's a lot of obviously it's a lot of rolling with the punches especially especially these days mm-hmm. and 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 that's a great segue into sort of like Please, um, from your point of view and from, you know, the blind man's brewery point of view, um, what has and how has the last sort of like now, I guess, like eight weeks been for you guys? Yeah, you know what? We, uh, we, we really can't. Uh, we don't have much room to complain. There's a lot of people, a lot of uh, businesses that, are, uh, that are, are doing a lot. You know, things are a lot harder for them. We've, we've been able to manage things and uh, manage our people. We haven't had to lay anybody off, which was a big concern of ours. That's good. Um, you just, you know, everybody's in this word pivot and stuff like that. Um, you know, we pivoted. We started, you know, obviously bars and restaurants were shut down, so we lost that. That's a big, you know, it's 50% of our production. But, you know, we started home delivery. Um, okay. You know, liquor stores are doing, are open. Um, I don't yeah. think they're going to close anytime soon because of the tax revenue that the government gets. 
from liquor. And so, yeah, we were just able to, to move around and then start uh, some hand sanitizer production as well. Wicked, wicked. So, so before we jump into some of the retooling that you did, um, I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure people are, like, like, are you one of those industries that sort of as sort of, you know, this whole pandemic hit, was there like an increase of demand or did it balance out because of the decrease in what restaurants were? It's kind of all over the place. You know, some breweries, uh, you know, have taken a huge hit, um, you know, especially ones that had tap that are really focused on tap room and, and serving pints across their bar. Others yep. are doing, you know, that only sell the liquor stores, they're doing just fine. It's kind of a mixed bag. And obviously you see that across multiple industries, even in restaurant industries. There's some restaurants right now that are, are doing better than they ever have because, you know, they have food that lends itself to delivery and pickup and they're able to connect with uh, with the people. And then totally. others, obviously, that uh, these are really, really trying times for them. Yeah. No, and, and that's very true. I, I've been hearing sort of those kind of, you know, narratives um, across both extremes of ones who are who are just kind of moving fast and were able to toughen out, but while others who um, are spread kind of, you know, across the place or have multiple chains um, are just in hard times and are stressing and just have compounded challenges ahead of them just due to the nature of their business or items like that. So I'm, I'm kind of curious that the day that um, sort of the government decided to sort of close restaurants and all that stuff, um, what was going on around Lyman Brewery? Were you guys just glued to the TV sets and radios and listening, or were you guys just operating as normal until um, sort of news happened? Like, what, what kind of happened in that stage around, like, the 15th of March? Yeah, so I, right around then, we were kind of looking at, looking towards the spring, and we're like, okay, you know, we got a couple scenarios. Either this coronavirus thing, it you know, it hits Alberta, and, you know, we have to shut everything down. Or, you know, both the Oilers and the Flames are in the playoffs and everybody's drinking beer and everything's just uh, just fine and beer sales are through the roof. So we're balancing those those things. We're like, okay, you know, because you can't, we we try to keep our production, you know, tight. Like we don't, we don't yeah. have just stocks of beer because our beer has to be fresh. So you're just trying to balance all that. And then obviously when things like the NBA shut down and then when they shut down schools and daycare, obviously we then went, okay. Um, you know, we didn't know what would what would happen, and nobody knows even going forward. But uh, we just knew we'd have to, you know, things were going to be things were going to be changing and changing fast, and we'd have to really adapt to them. A hundred, a hundred percent. I think I, I saw, and with all the discussions I've been having, um, it, it seems like there's there's like almost two, more or less, like categories or buckets of people um, or businesses, I should say, that sort of acted. Some just bottom line, due to them not being essential or classified as essential services, kind of shut down. And yep. then, yes, that popular term pivoted. Um, there's a lot of businesses that pivoted. So did you guys initially just immediately kept the production going and then just tapered or, or did the balancing in respect to how much you should be delivering? Or did you guys at one point in time shut down too? Yeah, we we basically rebalanced. You know, okay. just, we started pulling beer back from our biggest distributor because we knew that the demand wouldn't be there. Um, we knew we'd be pushing more of it through our, our Lacombe location, you know, yeah. obviously start home delivery and just just trying to adapt as much as you can. And just, you know, understanding that, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, few months, if not uh, if not a year. And just, you know, kind of preparing, preparing ourselves for that. Totally. And then did you guys always have like the capabilities to do home delivery? Or was that something that you guys quickly kind of adopted and started executing on? 
Yeah, so we weren't sure, and so we asked our AGLC inspector, and he just said, okay, walk to your uh, walk to your license, and we walked our license, and he said, you see that where it said you can do delivery? Yeah, you can do delivery. And we're like, oh, okay. We thought we'd have to go through a process of applying. He's like, now nah, you, it's like any liquor store. Any liquor store has, has had the right, the opportunity to do delivery, just that most mm-hmm. haven't, uh, just most haven't taken advantage of that. Um, and obviously now, pretty much everybody has to. Yeah. So, so how, how, um, quickly did you see like a jump of customers and people who wanted to support i mean bottom line your local brewery um immediately kind of jump on to start taking orders to their homes and items like that yeah for sure it was a, obviously it was immediate spike um and things have been you know we thought it would taper off it's actually growing still um Thank just you. everybody is you know doing i feel like most people are doing the right thing most people are socially distancing most people are just you know reducing okay. the amount of times they're around other people and which is amazing and it's it's one of the things that I was I was almost shocked is that I saw, you know, business owners, bars and restaurants who even before they were forced to close or, you know, they they pulled, they said, OK, you know what, we all have to get into this together and, and stop this thing in its tracks. And, you know, it's been it's been heartening to see. And, and I, I completely agree. It's 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 awesome to see sort of the community bottom line, understand that and take kind of charge or take the lead. Um, about even to waiting on the government to put those restrictions and items on. And like you, as you as you mentioned before um, about retooling, talk, talk to us a little bit about that process and when did that started um, sort of coming together? Yeah, so uh, I guess we're obviously talking about hand sanitizer. The government basically changed a lot of the rules and regulations around it. Things that would have, the things that would have taken you know months if not years to have, have taken place. Uh, took place in days, sometimes hours. You'd be talking with, uh, you know, federal government officials, and they'd be saying things like, "You know what? If I say it's okay, it's okay," and wow. which is obviously a little bit rare in that part of the world. And so they changed a lot of rules and regulations, and allowed us, you know, fast tracked a lot of our uh, a lot of our licensing, you know, because we still have to do things safely, and you know, we got to protect the consumer. Um, and yes, yeah, so we were able to produce uh, hand sanitizer to. Uh, you know, to meet this huge need for it. And uh, we're doing it on a cost recovery basis. Um, so we're not looking to make profit off of this. Uh, we've yeah. said, hey, if, uh, if, if there's anybody who can afford any, we'll just, we'll just buy them some, we'll just offer them some. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's what we've done. Yeah. We, uh, you know, that's awesome. Some, and then yeah. like, I guess moving fast around trying to uh, create this hand sanitizer, did you have to collaborate with any organizations or groups or business, other businesses in this project? For sure. So, yeah, you know, a number, even even guys like Token Bitters, who you've talked to before, we've, we've collaborated with. Um, there's a Ellie Bianca out of Calgary, um, as well as a, a number of, of craft brewers in Alberta that basically, sh- we honestly, we share the same Google Drive, and we just share yeah. all the information. Um, we share the same labels. We share, oh, we share wow. everything. We share, we share, honestly, ethanol, like, Everything's being shared because we all understand that this, these are unprecedented times, and we need to get this out to people. That's you know what, like that's so like wicked, and that's so enlightening to kind of see um, bottom line how where there's yes um, groups that complement your your business, but then also some of your competitors are still all rallying kind of behind you know bottom line. How do we produce products and services that will help people? Full stop. And that's that's wicked. And and like were were those relationships you had prior to everything or, or or was this kind of all interconnected with yes this crisis that we're all in 
So I'd say craft beer is a little bit different. You know, I've worked in a few different industries um, and craft beer is a lot different. We just, you know, we're in, we're in a spirit of, of cooperation just generally. Um, basically, if there's bad guys out there, they're the big macro, huge multinational breweries who are trying to put their thumb on us. So we kind of have to all band together to, you know, to make a spot for ourselves in, in the world. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we do. That's kind of our, uh, you know, just mindset generally. Um, but definitely the, this uh, COVID crisis has definitely crystallized a lot of those relationships and, uh, everybody recognizes that, uh, that we need to, we need to act. And it, you know, through, throughout this, sometimes you feel kind of helpless, um, you know, yeah. me personally and just generally. And so it was really good to be able to do something where you're, you're being proactive and you're actually, you know, taking on, taking on the world, you're, you're helping people out. Um, and that just kind of raised morale across the board because everybody's, you know, not sure what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, something, a project like this kind of raises everybody's spirits a bit. I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe because, you know, ultimately during this time um, of bottom line struggle in, in different levels and different capacities, depending on the groups you're working with, um, no one's kind of going to make it alone out of this and no one's going to fully recover alone out of this kind of situation. So it, it's, it's almost vital to have these relationships, vital to potentially form these partnerships when there's a correct fit in order to, um, you know, kind of make up for those shortfalls and make up for those differences that we can't all do alone. Absolutely. So h- how's the how's the process been with sort of, um, I guess, engaging um, like Albertans as a whole? Like, ha- have you guys seen a lot of sort of communication happening of just directly to people and some of the, um, I guess, direct to consumers that have been buying your guys' products and services? Yeah, you know, like a lot of what we do obviously is, you know, we we get out in the world and we're, we're active and we're, you know, in your liquor store, or we're up, you know, at bars and we're just kind of hanging out and we're running events. Events are huge for us. And obviously all that is, has, uh, has completely disappeared. So it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of like how you, uh, you've been doing this. It's, it's reacting and, you know, a lot more digital, obviously social media, website, all that is, you know, it's, it's critical. We're doing, you know, online sessions, you know, online beer fest. Uh, just trying to connect to people, uh, you know, just in a different way now that we totally. can be face to face with people. Totally. Because I, I can imagine, um, obviously, your, your nature of your business is very event um, orientated around, obviously, sports. But then also, too, I'm sure a ton of private events or smaller events that happen across the city. You guys are always having your beers available or people are looking to purchase your beers to have it available. And have you, have you seen a, a, a influx of new digital events or experiences of any sorts that people are looking to do yeah absolutely everybody you know it's a new world nobody knows exactly some work some don't but uh, i've been supporting you know everywhere from dance to burlesque to um you know performances at the starlight room um we're supporting a you know online film fest that used to run a run at the metro cinema and it'll be (laughs) online northwest fest that starts in a couple days so we're just we're just all trying to try to do what we can because you know events are are not coming back for a while so we're gonna yep. everybody have we'll have to just try to support them until we can you know get back to to having those fun events that we all you know maybe we're even taking for granted totally 
So I, I, I'm, I, I've noticed there's, there's been a lot of other like business owners and entrepreneurs who've been sort of, you know, tuning into the show, um, trying to get, you know, details or tidbits. And I'm kind of curious with kind of the current conversation that's happening in Alberta um, is around sort of recovery and what does recovery look like or getting back to work and what does that look like for um, Blind Man Brewery? What does that look like to sort of get back to work, so to speak, or um, going down that pathway of recovery? Yeah, like, again, we're probably in a privileged situation um, that we're, we're doing just fine. Um, we'll continue doing just fine. We, you know, we, liquor stores aren't going to close anytime soon, even if we get a second or third or fourth wave um, just because of tax revenue. So we'll always have some ability to, uh, to generate revenue. So as long as we have the ability to generate revenue, means we can pay our people you know we might not be making profit but uh, yeah. you know as long as we keep people working through this we'll be able to uh, come out the other side and you know do something but again I have no idea what that totally. what that's gonna look like <laughs> <laughs> totally because it, it's 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 funny to kind of think how much things have changed across the board over the last eight weeks especially with I mean like our prime minister just you know making those daily announcements where it kind of rejigs everything in terms of what we can do and what we can't do. And then plus you got the provincial level of announcements that change up what we can do and what we can't do. And then you have the municipal level of changes and adjustments that are constantly just in flux of information and flux of just something's new every day, every hour. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of curious, have, have you just been consuming all that information? Do you try to distance it? Do you, like, I'm curious, how, how do you digest all of that? All those changes in the regulations. Yeah, I think you have to rely on uh, on uh, on others, you know, just in the world. And so I rely on, you know, we've got people who help us out, and they kind of collate things, whether they're government or or industry or advisors. They they kind of help you with that. Um, totally. You know, you take it as it comes. Obviously, there's new stuff pretty much every day. Uh, you can't get uh, too. You can't. You know, focus too much on on any one thing. Um, yeah. One thing with with beer is that because you know beer is is alcohol, it's intoxicating. It's regulated by the government pretty heavily and taxed pretty heavily. Yeah. Things change every year, every couple of years with regulations. Like it's not like okay. apple juice. You know that you know you can expect to make apple juice and sell apple juice, and maybe the price goes up and down, and maybe it does this, but. The government is always heavily involved in regulating alcohol, so there's been yeah. there's been changes every year, every couple of years. And you talk to people who have breweries who've been around for 25 years, there's no baseline for it. Yeah. And it like poor stuff with the tech, for example, taxation. Taxation um, just changes how much you know margin there is in any one product. So and that's changing. It's going up. It's going down. It's going sideways. And you just kind of have to just have to have a a long term mindset and just kind of roll with the punches totally no and, and that's and that's 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 very true because my gosh like with, with with such i guess every heavy regulated um sort of industry you just gotta just work with what you have to work with because it's basically across the board of every other um i guess beer or, or brewery or individuals and groups like that mm -hmm. so um, did you do you guys have a timeline of how long you plan on producing like hand sanitizers or, or, or sort of act or activating in this kind of retooled um, environment or are you just once again um, yeah like what are your thoughts around that 
Yeah, so our, for example, our license is only uh, valid during the uh, COVID emergency. However, the however Health Canada defines that, I imagine yeah. they'll define it'll they'll keep that going for probably another year, if not longer. Yeah. Um, for us, it's probably not something we're going to do long term. Maybe a couple more months. Basically, as soon as we can fill that need, as well as lots of others around uh, around the country, yeah. um, you know, especially locally, most of the hand sanitizer is made in Ontario and Quebec. And it's not yeah. like they're hoarding it, but it's just not making it out west. So totally. it's up, up to local producers to kind of fill that gap. And as soon as that gap's filled, um, we'll step back. It's not something. It's not. It's not our primary business. It's just something totally. we're doing uh, doing while we can. Yeah. And then, are you guys at all formulating any other products um, in that retooled hand sanitizer lens? You know. Hard to say. We, you know, you have, there's a lot of ideas out there. There's a lot of things we're working on. You just have no idea kind of what to expect in a couple months. So we're just kind of taking things day by day, week by week, month by month, month for now. Cool. And then, and then going back to you know the main thing that we're here to talk about about Bayan Man Brewery. Um, I'm kind of curious. Has has this time stalled any um, potential new flavors or products that you guys are developing, or are you just sort of just continuing? as planned but just at a kind of lower capacity yeah it definitely stalled for about a month but then we got back on it you know that's the fun part of being a brewer is you know developing new new flavors just just having fun with it so we totally. just launched uh, our new uh florida vice or summer uh summer uh fruited sour beer which is lemon limes and clementines um, okay yeah so that's a fun uh, patio beer and we've yeah. got uh, we've got a beer coming out for uh, May Long, be May Long Double IPA, which we're pretty stoked about. So that'll be next week, yeah. and just kind of you know getting back into the swing of things. Summer is always busy. Um, awesome. Reason, yeah, we're just gonna have some fun with it. And see oh man, I got I gotta make sure I put my order in to try those flavors. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of curious with the range of probably different flavors and beers that you have sampled. Um, does anything stand out as your most like favorite go-to? Uh, so I drink more of our session ale uh, than anything. It just it just tastes like it's just my you know mowing the lawn beer. It's my you know watching football beer. It just it just fits. It just and it's the hardest beer for us to produce because it's oh. lower alcohol and the flavors aren't covered up by things. So it really it does take a lot of effort to uh, to make. Um, yeah. And then we made one uh, oh, about six months ago that was uh, another fruit fruited beer. Uh, that was our dwarf sour cherry, and it was you know that beer took two years in barrels and fooders, and it was just uh, you know on and then it was put on cherries that were developed at the University of Saskatchewan that are designed. Oh wow! And it was just like such a I, I want to almost want to say triumph of everything we try to do. You know, support local. You know, take our time. Uh, you know, don't cut corners. And the fact that it tasted so great at the end was just, oh, I loved it. <laughs> That's so wicked. That's such a great story. And I'm kind of curious, when it comes to, unfortunately, like a flavor that doesn't meet your guys' standards, that doesn't make it out to the public, um, what sometimes goes into those batches? Because I'm always curious about, um, yeah, what, like what goes into the flavors that don't make it out? Yeah, so you, everything starts with an idea, and some ideas end up better than others, and sometimes you don't know that until far too late. Uh, we're always test batching on smaller systems and then bigger systems, and we're always like even our even our call it our, our core beers, we're we're constantly you know improving them and working with them, you know, okay, because it is 
you know, it's it's a product that uses, you know, agriculture ingredients. So barley is not quite the same. Hops aren't quite the same year over year, field by field. So you got to adapt. You know, yeah. Yeast is a living organism. Sometimes it uh, it wants to misbehave, so you have to adapt. Um, in the end, though, the uh, the only cure is is honestly dumping it down the drain. Uh, you know, <laughs> failed batches are just failed batches. Sometimes we uh, we do we do some fun things like we're we're looking at you know doing some malt vinegar and stuff and you know, okay you can you can use it in different ways but uh, honestly <laughs> we feed it uh, feed it to pigs and stuff too they they so did you guys ever have like and I'm kind of curious I, I'm curious on what the name of the flavor what the flavor profile would be but have you ever had like a, a flavor that should have worked on paper and, and it, it made sense and it was like oh this is going to just be wonderful and it's turned out the exact opposite yeah you got to be careful with uh, with herbs um, okay you know like obviously herbs are uh, are a great way to add flavor in food and beer but yeah. just the level you know you're dealing with the extraction of flavors from herbs and sometimes they go way way too much it's like, oh no, this this doesn't work. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Kurt, I just want to say, um, just thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day. I know it's it's still a work day, and I'm sure you're still doing a number of different tasks and things um, as you know the day is still early. And I um, just want to say thank you for just checking in and giving people some perspective and understanding of Blind Brewery. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, having me on and for you to take on this project of kind of reaching out to people because, you know, it's it's one of the things we all have to be doing is, is being, reach, you know, being proactive about reaching out to each other because, you know, it's we're not getting those same natural interactions that we were before. 100%, 100%. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the 360 Chat. Please hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram handle is just, J-U-S-T, Bobby T on all platforms, but hit me up on Instagram. We'd love to continue this conversation on there. Peace.